0: Hey Kids Comics!
1: Hello lovely people and welcome once again to Hey Kids Comics. We appreciate your patronage. I'm Andrew Leyland. I'm uh, Michael Leland. And today we are continuing our celebration of Star Wars with a look back at the comic adaptation of the best of the Star Wars movie and the celebration of the thirty-first anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back. Here's the mighty John Williams. <laughs> The first thing we realise is that George Lucas was a master of multiple formats well before the DVD (laughs) came along. No, he wasn't. Why wasn't he? Because he wasn't. I've got this four (laughs) times in four different places. How can you say that's not a master of formats? Just because you've got it four times in four different places doesn't mean he master of formats. Yes, he did. He released it as a six-issue series in the Star Wars comic. Then they released it as a Marvel Super Special magazine. Then they released it as a little paperback book. Then they released it as a Treasury edition. And do you know why that is? Why? All that money you spent on them goes straight to George Lucas. I know that's why I'm, I don't buy Star Wars stuff anymore. See? Apart from, like, the Star Wars vault and the Star Wars... Um,
0: novels and your radios Um, and the radio. yes well alright
1: yes Okay. yes Mm. anyway as we were just saying I have the 1980 Empire Strikes Back annual published by Grand Dreams the Marvel Super Special issue 16 the a long time ago trade paperback from Dark Horse comic which is volume 3 which has the Empire Strikes Back in it, um, and a paperback-sized novel, which, unlike the novel-sized paperback of Star Wars, is in shiny full colour. Cool. Did you even look at this? Yes, I did. Did you read the? You read the six issues, didn't you? Mhm. Okay. As with last week, the paperback book was the one I had as a kid. Perhaps because I also got the annual, this isn't in as bad condition as the Star Wars one. It's not in the best condition. It would take a lot to be in as bad condition as that Star Wars one, wouldn't it? Mm. When you can't even turn a page without it coming off in your hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the page. I think, considering this is 30 odd years old, that's in bloody good condition, eh? Yeah. I think. That's well, just my opinion. Uh, I was bought this by my grandparents. Uh, I want to say in Southport, when it came out. I think Southport rings a bell I for some reason. I want to say keg. You just want to say cake, just randomly. <laughs> Why did you want to just say softball? Because I want to say that's where it was bought, oh, right. but as we discussed last time on the Star Wars one, my memory's not particularly good. Oh, we know. And I remember different things differently to how they actually may have happened. Mm. But memory's subjective. Maybe i like the Joker in The Killing Joke. I like my past to be multiple choice. Mm. I think. Um, it has exactly the same cover as the super special. Imaginative well <laughs> why create a different cover oh. when you've got a Bob Larkin painted also, masterpiece
0: though? that's the same as the first flash page of the issue
2: it's
1: not the same at all it's, it's got Luke on a taunt on but the taunt on Bob Larkin paints looks a lot more like the taunt in the film than the one in the comic I mean it's still pretty damn close but whatever the cover has Luke Skywalker on a taunt and, as we've just mentioned brandishing his lightsaber which is the right colour Mm-hmm. Which, you know, points Either for that. Right Whilst patrolling the ice plains of Hoth, snow speeders zoom over his head in the background, and as was Dudagur for Marvel Star Wars covers, a large Darth Vader head looms menacingly in the background. So, if that snow speeder carried going forward, would he crash into Darth Vader? Yes, because it's like the end of Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Luke has just discovered that there's a big model of Darth Vader <laughs> on Hoth and now any minute he's going to throw himself off his tall top, smash his hands into the snow and say god damn it god damn it all to hell exactly like that that would be a good bit of the Empire Strikes Back <laughs> wouldn't it yeah. <laughs> Mark Hamill just started channeling the Charlton Heston <laughs> oh dear me can you imagine the seismic shift if Charlton Heston and William Shatner and David Hasselhoff all appeared in the same film. Yes. I think that'd be great. I mean, it can't happen now, unfortunately, because Charlton Heston's no longer with us. No. But it'd have to be post-apocalyptic. Yes, and Heston would have to be saving the day, Mm. because that's what he did. Yes. Just the sheer awesomeness of Charlton Heston and William Shatner together in a film would have been magnificent. But alas, it will now never happen. Anyway, take a drink. I first saw The Empire Strikes Back on opening weekend at the ABC in town in Wigan. Do you know where the ABC used to be in Wigan?
2: No.
1: Down by where the Grand Arcade is now. Oh, okay. That used to be a street, and the cinema's at the bottom of it. And on the right hand side, you know where HMV and Waterstones are now, yeah. used to be Starburst. A video arcade where we used to bunk off sc- <coughs> Where we used to go after right. school right. and play the Star Wars video game. Okay. Ah, fond memories.
0: Wasn't that the poo one that looked just like Trump?
1: Yes. Wasn't poo. <laughs> no, that was no. It was a great game. Yeah. You had to run down the Death Star Trench and blow up the turrets. Mm-hmm. That was a fantastic game. Wasn't poo? Sounds imaginative as nothing. Shut your face playstation boy you know nothing of true imaginative quality when you come home from school put the playstation on we had to pay money we had to go to starburst Okay. pay money okay. practice that damn game okay. 20p ago that was 20 20p. 20p that oh, was almost 20p. a comic
0: and yet you're looking at 40 pounds yes and look no. look
1: I've still got comics from 1980 Absolutely. in me hand here, here. Got, I don't have all that true. money I spent on that game
0: Well, what do you learn from this? What's the moral of the
1: story? Comics are forever, not just for Christmas. Video games are evil. Yes, that as well. But damn fun. Anyway, I went twice that weekend. Once with a mate called Christopher Green, and then again with Gary Mansfield and his family. His entire family went and took me with him. An entire family? Yes. He had his mum and his dad, and his sister, Tina, I think his sister's name was, Tina Mansfield. Okay. If memory serves. Hello, Gary and Tina, if you're listening. Highly unlikely, but you never know. Um, It was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I watched it twice that weekend, and I went back and watched Star Wars and Empire on a double Builder. Okay. Again, with a bunch of mates from school. Fantastic stuff. Um, As usual, for this kind of thing, I eagerly devoured the ancillary media, the posters, the action figures. Uh, I don't think I was reading Star Wars Weekly. At the time, or certainly not regularly. Star Wars weekly. Star Wars weekly. Okay. The American comic books mm-hmm. were chopped up into like seven page segments uh-huh. and released as weekly comics, over here with backup strips. Okay. Um, I can't remember what the backup strips were. They may have been John Carter of Mars and those little Twilight Zony type stories that Lee and Ditko used to do. You know, from uh-huh. Amazing Fantasy. They used uh-huh. to do an awful lot of that. So pretty much the back stories from Clint. Pretty much. Yeah. I don't know. It was jolly good fun that I used to I don't think I read Star Wars Weekly regularly till after Empire came out. Because then it became the Empire Strikes Back Weekly. Because we were all about renaming our comics. So what would happen when you finish with Empire Strikes Back? It became Return of the Jedi Weekly. Okay. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> it became Star Wars Monthly. Right. And then became Return of the Jedi Weekly. So what happens after that? Nothing in the boot got cancelled. Oh, okay. It finished in about 1986, I think. It was still good fun, though. Um, My little paperback book has a UK price of 90 pence. 90. 90p for that, which, you know, bargain. 226 pages of full colour Star Wars goodness. All in a nice little paperback book. It's brilliant. Um, It has an Australian price of $3.25. I don't know if that was a fur exchange rate at the time. But it's not to be sold in Canada. It's actually said that in capital letters on the back not for sale in Canada I don't know maybe the Canadians had upset George (laughs) Lucas in some way (laughs) he wasn't letting them buy his Empire Strikes Back pepper back for hell or high water
0: maybe they were innocent and he just wanted to blame Canada
1: blame Canada (laughs) blame Canada is that the singing for this week done and out the way now (laughs) we're keeping that in memories of the Empire Strikes Back young Michael you don't really have any do you nope
0: you just watched them all didn't you I have memories of the first one, and I have memories of not liking the third one.
1: Oh,
0: but we'll discuss that next week. But no memories of the second one. You
1: must have watched Empire Strikes Back. Well, I did, but I have no memories of watching it. You, m- you can't have come to the cinema to watch the special editions with us, because you would have only been three. Okay. So it's unlikely. Okay. <laughs> but it's unlikely that you came to the cinema with us watching that. Right. So... I mean, did you watch the special editions? Is that the only version you've ever known? Or did you watch
0: the old I ones? Or? I know you had all three of the old ones, but you also had the special edition one in the box
1: that farted every time you it. does, ones. doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. That was the VHS. Yeah. The VHS widescreen box set. Pretty every pretty time you took them out of the box, it went, <laughs> like it's farting. Be slid out underneath. Yes. You had to lift it up, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, and I kept them, didn't I? Mm-hmm. For ages. So those are my only memories of Empire. Oh, all right. Good. What do you think of the film, generally? It's the best one. Of the six? Or of the three originals? Of the six, The the Empire Strikes Back is the best one. Your mum thinks Empire is the best one, as well. Mm -hmm. As evidenced by, or evinced by, when we went to the cinema to watch the special editions, your mum didn't talk through The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. In fact, when she came out of it, she went, that one was bloody good, which is high praise from your mum, and I wanted that put on the poster. That was bloody good. That was bloody good. Because <laughs> she came out, and it's one of those really weird things where she said something I'd never noticed before. She said, the beginning of that film is the climax of any other film. It's like they get the end battle out of the way in the first 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh God, yeah, you're right. I'd never thought of that. And I hadn't, I'd never crossed my mind before your mum said it. Okay. Which just shows how stupid I am, I suppose. Your mum's doing the I-Rock symbol at us. But she won't actually talk because she doesn't like being on podcasts. Or she doesn't like recording her voice or something like that. It doesn't stop us though. No, it doesn't stop us. We are going to get her on the show one day. One day. Eventually. Just have to get her to talk about Preacher. It's the only comic series I think she's read.
2: Oh, and Hitman.
1: And Sandman. And that's pretty much it, isn't it? Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, we could do a Scott Pilgrim show. Yes. Anyway, the first thing that strikes you about the paperback when you're leafing through it, is they've not just passed the pages down and squeezed them onto a paperback page, which, if you remember from last week's show, results in them having to extend the art in certain places because a paperback is long and thin and oblongy-shaped and a comic book is slightly fatter, so they had to change the artwork around. Um, It's possible that they yielded to criticism, I mean, this is just conjecture on my part, that it was quite hard to read the Star Wars one, um, this time they've chopped up the panels to best fit a paperback's dimensions so you've, you get two panels per page the last page it is cut up in half because there's another panel is, in Yes, that panel. so that, that's exactly what I'm talking about they've cut panels in half and chopped and changed them and okay. all of that stuff and there's places like for instance at the end of the book the Millennium Falcon you've lost half the art there mm. and any big wide screen shots of an Imperial Star Destroyer you lose half of the Star Destroyer and stuff like that. Um, It's very good for the eyes unlike the Star Wars one. Um, I didn't care as a kid though. I didn't care that they'd done that. I just had the movie I loved in my hands to read whenever I wanted it to which was, as far as I was concerned, a big bonus. Uh, Like Star Wars, this was serialised as a six-part series in the regular Star Wars monthly comic in America and repackaged in different formats as necessary. Over here in the Empire Strikes Back Weekly, I seem to recall that they cut each issue into two, meaning that it was a 12-part adaptation of the Empire Strikes Back. It does have the distinction of there being extra pages of art in the six-part series that are not in the super special or the paperback. Uh, there was nothing integral to the story, but it meant missing out on some of the art, and the art in this is spectacular. Oh, really? What? There are bits when it's off. What? There are bits when it's poo. What? Sorry, that was just my impression of David Tennant. No. Um, Did you like that? It was, yeah, I totally liked uh, no it. Was you, the- you totally got that, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Tardy sound effect. I think so. This time, the adaptation was written by Archie Goodwin and drawn by Al Williamson with inks by Carlos Garzon. Supposedly, these were hand-picked by Lucas after their work on the Star Wars Daily Newspaper strip. Uh, As I said, the art is gorgeous, (laughs) quite frankly. Michael doesn't seem to agree. What's your childhood trauma? Well, it's all right sometimes, and then other times
0: it's pooing. It's It's Poo. (laughs) Only sometimes. No,
1: it's not poo in any way, shape or form. Um, Not that poo is shapely or formly, but no, it's fantastic actually
0: most of it does have the same common thought no right? the
1: art <laughs> is it's the technology looks like it belongs in Star Wars the ships all look like they should do and they're all cool and the characters all look like the characters they don't necessarily always look like the actors actually the snow speeders
0: don't
1: <sighs> the snow speeders well, look like an I yeah, vaguely sorry. give you that the snow speeders on the Bob Larkin cover look a bit blocky.
0: They will always look blocky. Well, maybe that was an
1: original design, and they yeah. refined it or something for the, the, the film. Yeah, it's still... Um, see, I'm not bothered if actors' likenesses aren't strictly adhered to, as few artists can pull that off on a regular basis. I mean, Al Williamson does better than most. It's the still- Battlestar Galactica comic that Marvel did, none of the characters look like the actors in that. I still enjoyed reading it when I was ten. I may have even been younger than that, I don't remember. Um, Chapter 1, again, doesn't have a title other than The Empire Strikes Back. In fact, it doesn't even have that on the page, does it? All of that. Unless the opening crawl is the title, yes. It also doesn't have, once again, A Long Time Ago In A Galaxy Far, Far Away, anywhere on it. Oh no. Which strikes me as a a rather peculiar omission, to be honest with you. Um, Is it in the six-issue one? It's not, is it? No, but no. it does have a title. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back? No. Nope. What's Beginning? Do- what what does it say, Beginning? Well, it doesn't, but if you look in the. Um... The Dark Horse one has given it a title of Beginning, which yeah. startling originality on display, there. Imaginative as the Yes, covers. as imaginative. <sighs> oh, but I am so gonna.
0: Hey, Luke, Barbara standing in, in front of a and Star
1: Destroyer. You're, Ooh. Just, you're just gonna end badly. I wanna pick that comic up. Shut up. <laughs> You would so pick that comic up. If you saw that on a shelf, you saw... (laughs) The opening crawl is again different from the film, and it begins straight on the ice world of Hoth, where Luke Skywalker is patrolling on a taunton, a bizarre-looking beast that seems to serve as the primary transportation on the planet. Whether the tauntons have volunteered to have their back broken by the rebels... Um, Is never actually disclosed. That's
2: why they're always going, ah. Oh, you (laughs) think
1: they're complaining? (laughs) I didn't sign up for this. That was a very good impression. (laughs) (laughs) Could have been a probe drive, but never went. Anyway, Luke sees a meteorite fall and goes to check on it after telling Han Solo via Comlink where he's going. Very smart, Luke. Always let an adult know where you are. This turns out to be a very, very smart move as no sooner has Luke hung up than a giant arm covered in white fur slashes at him and knocks him out cold. Pooned! Totally. The meteor that Luke will now never investigate slowly rises from the crater it left on impact. It's an Imperial Probe droid. (laughs) Biddy 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 Yeah that's what they do Bidi bidi Biddy What's beady. up Buck They go Biddy Biddy bidi Biddy They don't go bidi Biddy Biddy That was <laughs> Tweaky no, Oh, they fly over Biddy 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 Did you just get the Tweaky reference? <laughs> yeah Did you just watch Butt Rogers? Raj- Although Butt Rogers has been repeated quite a lot hasn't it? No I grew up with you but Rogers on DVD. No, you used to. I think you got it out of the newspaper. I did, it I had the, the pilot the film, TV. didn't I? Okay. I had the pilot film for ages because I do love the pilot film to Buck Rogers. The series that followed, not so good, but the pilot film was actually quite good. Okay. Same with Battlestar Galactica, really. In many ways. The the old one, the new one, is the best science fiction TV show ever made by now Ever? Ever. Um... Meanwhile, Han Solo pulls into what the narrator tells us is a few caverns of laser-blasted ice, also known as the new home of the Rebel Alliance. Han tells Major Derlin that he needs to leave to pay off Jabba the Hutt after an encounter with a bounty hunter on Ord Mantell. Leia characteristically throws a strop at this, and the poor argue. Leia storms off, but behind her, a giant arm, covered in white fur, smashes through an icy wall never to be seen again well that's not true in the comic book adaptation really yeah, yeah. in the comic book adaptation as we'll see later on meanwhile Luke is suspended by his ankles in a frozen cave his lightsaber on the floor before him but tantalizingly out of reach he's not engaged in some autoerotic asphyxiation type fun he's, l-
0: like
1: he's been l- tied l- up right. there by the Wampa. I don't exactly know why or how why didn't the Wampa just kill him do you think he's keeping him for later food you think he's storing him in he- that's his fridge yes and he's storing Luke for I think I'll have some nice Skywalker for tea. Hoth is a fridge well yeah that's true yeah I suppose uh, but it, would, it would keep the meat fresh for quite some why time why did they it? call it Hoth they should have just called it cold because it's one of those Star Wars planets that just has the same atmosphere over the entire planet but we don't know that do we the other side of Hoth could be gorgeous Could the other side of Hoth could be like Florida
0: did you know? In my Year 7 music, we had to compose a piece on two planets. And, like, later, I looked at some Star Wars comics, and those two planets were in that Star Wars comic. Wow. I know. You should be writing Star Wars comics.
1: I should. Indeed. Obi-Wan Kenobi's voice appears urging car and Luke summons the lightsaber through the force. Oddly, Luke doesn't think he's going mad when he hears Obi-Wan's voice because he must be delirious at this point. The saber appears in his hand and Luke cuts himself free. He's forced to kill the Wampa as he leaves and he stumbles oh, out yeah. into the forest. Well, it attacks him. It was self-defence, dude. No court in the land would convict him. It's no evidence. There's been, well, and there's nobody around either, so you know, prove it. Is this like there's a bunch of Wampa family somewhere going,
2: oh, or has
1: that been done on Robot Chicken? Probably. Oh, bloody Robot Chicken, ruined all my gags. As night falls and the temperature plummets, Han realises that Luke isn't back and heads out for him, despite the rapid decrease in temperature. Luke hallucinates Obi-Wan in the snow, telling him that he must go to the Degabar system to meet Yoda and then passes out due to the cold fortunately Han finds him just in time which is a remarkable coincidence how did he yeah. find him even in the film I always thought that was remarkably coincidental mm-hmm. that Han should just happen to find Luke at exactly the right moment well there you go that might be my earliest memory because I thought that too it was a kid you thought oh, on this entire one. planet yeah. but w- there's another memory I have but I'll tell you that later ok well we'll look forward to that little tease it's teasing later in the show. I like your professionalism. Oh, it's good. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, just as Han finds Luke, his taunt and passes out. Han constructs a quick shelter to protect them until morning when snow speeders locate them. Luke is quickly transported to the medical centre, but the base is attacked by wampus. The rebels quickly fight them off, but then they discover that Advance Station 3-8 has been attacked. Han and Chewie go to investigate and discover an Imperial probe droid. Beedee, 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 beedee. What's up, Monk? <laughs> Out in space, Darth Vader, upon hearing about the probe droid, intuitively knows that Skywalker is there, and then plots a course to the Hoth system. <laughs> no, it's dum 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 dum. <laughs>
2: Well, that's it.
0: Michael? Hoth looks an awful lot like Kelly Jones' art from Sandman, you know. Does it? Yep. Yeah. It's a nice planet. I mean, it's like the shading and the artwork on the rocks and stuff like that. That's Kelly Jones, that is.
1: Don't you mean Kelly Jones has mimicked Al
0: Williamson? Oh, Al Williamson has mimicked Kelly Jones. Oh, well, just to
1: confuse him, he went <laughs> yeah. back in time and did it first. Yeah. Brilliant. How magnificent is Anne Williamson. Not only could he do that, but he's got a time machine. If he had a time machine, do you really think he'd be wasting his time drawing comic books? I would. (laughs) Yes, but that's your very strange. Mm.
0: And the wampers not being shown in this, except for an arm. Yeah, the wampers are never seen, are they? It makes them seem more scary
1: or creepier than they actually are in the film. Do you think that's because they didn't have a picture of a Wampa? And they just... Decided to avoid showing it, so they didn't have the problem that they had with Jabba. It's not like there's much of a problem. It's a big fluffy thing. Well, actually, you don't really—you don't really see a womper in the film, in the original version of the film before the special edition. Oh. You didn't really see a womper properly in that. So in the film, you didn't see his big face go <laughs> <Not>
2: really
1: no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, George likes his teddy bears. Ben says that he was taught by Yoda. And not qui Oh just
1: add that to the, the list of the yeah. long list of lies that Obi-Wan Kenobi deals out to Luke Skywalker. Mm. I was taught by Yoda. <laughs> actually, Ben, you were taught by Qui-Gon. Um, no um, Yoda. Yoda. Oh, no
0: no 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 shut-shut up, shut, up, shut up. Your father wanted you have this lightsaber. <laughs> actually I stole it off him when I cut off his hands and legs. Shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Left him for to die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's not catalogue the list of lies that Obi-Wan no, has no, told no. Luke, should oh, we not? No. We'd be here all night.
0: Um, also, when Luke is in the finger, the big you know part of to episode factor is he not? No, that's the end of issue one. So have that's I got issue two? No. When he's in the water tank
1: thing, the back to fluid. The back to. Fluid. That's issue two.
0: No, it's not. Yes, it is. Then why have I
1: got? At How much do you want to bet? Luke, the issue one. Were issue were one. Turn back. Turn back. Turn back. Turn back. Turn back. Though. Oh, there you go. You're absolutely Tywin. right. I I I confess, you're right. He's talking in water. Say that again, so I can edit out all that bit about me being wrong. No. <laughs> yes, he is talking in the back to fluid. Can you
0: talk in back? To fluid?
1: I don't is know. It like water. Given that back to fluid's not real, and I've never actually been in back to fluid, I don't know if you can talk in it or not. Well, in Battlefront, you just ran over a tank of it, and you're at full health pack, So. Uh... So it, it works through the soles of your feet, apparently. Yeah. So so they didn't even have to put Luke in it then, did they? they just, he could have just sat there. You know, like they do with fish now. Yeah. And they have the fish nibble at your feet yeah. to take away all the dead yeah. skin. He could have just sat there in a paddling pool full of back to fluid, couldn't he? Dabbling his feet and go, oh, I feel better already. Oh, another memory. See, I've got
0: three already. Three memories. Another brother. memory is, is thinking, where did the superstar Destroyers come from?
1: But they still look pretty damn cool anyway. Yeah, see, I was always a bit... What's well, it about the Super Star Destroyer? Because the Imperial Star Destroyers were depicted in Star Wars as being... Huge. Very, very big. And then this comes... And then team suddenly team you've bigger. got this one that's three times, probably more, the size of Imperial Star Destroyer. And you're like, A, how much money has the Empire got for a star? Mm-hmm. B, when did they build these things? Didn't it say in the opening crawl for Star Wars that destroying the Death Star yeah. would decimate the Empire?
2: Yeah.
1: That's what it said. I can't remember the exact quote, but it would restore freedom to the galaxy by destroying the Death Star. So presumably, destroying the Death Star would, would have major ramifications for the Empire. That was the whole point that they did it. Yeah. The implication was they'd piled all the money and resources into this one basket. Yep. Yeah. And the the Rebellion had come along and crushed all the eggs in it. And Uh then gone
2: na-na-na-na-na
1: and ran off. Mm -hmm. But from Empire you get that. I mean you don't really see a lot of the Empire in this so it's entirely possible that they've just put all their eggs now into the basket of finding the Rebellion. And in the process of doing that they built a big huge Star Destroyer. Right. But like... I don't know. It is pretty cool. (laughs) Chewie's dialogue isn't quite as cool here as in the adaptation of Star Wars. Um, It's more accurate with the film... Mm. But it's just not as much fun, quite frankly. There's no. not a grunk anywhere to be seen, <laughs> is there? No. Which I was quite disappointed in. Grunk. In fact, Chewie doesn't really speak much at all. No, but when he does it all? In this, in this opening episode. He says... No, you can't do it. I can't do Chewie. That's a <laughs> bit better. And he says... Wark. Now, there he could be calling for Kirsty Wark. Okay. Who is a newsreader. Uh, it's entirely possible oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear god uh, I love the reference to Ord Mendel as a kid uh, it showed us that the characters were up to stuff whilst we weren't watching and that just fired up the imagination even more I wrote a story about what I'm done at Mandel when I was about 10 um, there have been official stories about what happened on Ord Mantell. There was a newspaper strip story by Goodwin and Williamson, the same team that did the arbitration. And Brian Daly, who wrote the Star Wars radio series, did a radio play called Rebel Mission to Ord Mantel, which is on the internet if you look hard enough. I didn't know that it even existed last week. I've now got two copies of it. How do you need two? I just, the, I found it,
2: yeah. and
1: then I wanted to listen to it on my laptop, and I found it again. Okay. And the one I found again was all one file, whereas the one I found before was broken up into different files. Okay. So it's just... But that's why the internet's cool. Yep. We live in a society now where you can just have what you want when you want it, don't we? Yeah. Oh, there was something called Rebel to Odd Mantel. I've never even heard of this. Clack, 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 clack. There it is. Got a copy. So what did happen on Odd Mantel? They met a bounty hunter guy who betrayed them. It wasn't particularly good. And none of the actors... Even from the radio series. I was at least expecting it would be the actors from the radio show. Okay. But do you know how weird it is to hear somebody other than Anthony Daniels do C-3PO? Um, yeah. It's extremely weird.
2: Okay.
1: Because he is the most protective of yeah. his character, isn't he? Mm-hmm. In everything else, he's done the voice of 3 po The Clone Wars cartoon, yeah. he does the voice of 3 po Those adverts for Dixons yeah. that were on before Christmas, <laughs> yeah. he did the voice of 3 po and it's, I can't remember any other time when Anthony Daniels hasn't done that. He did it in all the three radio series. When, even when Mark Hamill bailed out, Anthony Daniels still did c 3 P R. did Mark Hamill bail out? I think he's got to the point where he's had enough of being associated with Star Wars.
2: Why would you get fed up of that? Well, would you
0: rather be associated with Luke Skywalker or the Joker? Well,
1: Both. Yes, See, so I, don't, I don't understand that Leia and Han's conversation is longer in the adaptation and the boot than in the film this may not have been filmed as Harrison Ford was allowed a lot more leeway in changing his dialogue by the director of Empire, Irving Kirshner than Lucas led him to in Star Wars leading to Harrison Ford's infamous quote, you can type this George, but you sure can't say it. Okay, when do you say that? He said it in numerous places in an interview somewhere. It's, yeah. it's infamous that Harrison Ford said that to George Lucas, which could be why George Lucas wouldn't let him change the dialogue. <laughs> I'll teach you, Ford. I'll teach you to diss my dialogue. Irving Kirshen has let him change what he wanted most of the time. The Wampus attack on the rebel base is. Cut from the film, and interestingly, we don't actually see it in the comic. It's always obscured by something or off-panel. The Wampa subplot is also absent from the novelisation of the movie by Donald F. Glut, although it was filmed as footage appears in the trailer. There's a shot of C-3PO taking um, a no, a do not enter sign off a door that is not in the film. And that's part of the Wampa Ice subplot that was cut. The novel is rather workmanlike and the least impressive of the Star Wars novels of the films, of the three of them. I mean, it does exactly what he says it's going to do. It takes the film and turns it into a book. But there's no additional stuff like there is in the Star Wars book no additional scenes and even the descriptive bits in the novel for Star Wars there's loads of character motivation and bits added and there's the entire two page prologue that details Palpatine's rise to power which provides the spine for Revenge of the Sith
2: okay.
1: um, but there's none of that in the Empire novel it's like I say it's a workman like novel it's readable but it's not not one of the best of the Star Wars novelizations of the films you know there's a mission in Battlefront 2 where you get to play as either the Wompers or the Rebels whilst the Wompers attack the Rebel base. Is. is that? Yeah. Alright, oh, so that's made it into ancillary media as well then? Eh? Yeah. I wonder why it's never been put back in the film, or even released as a deleted scene. Oh, Maybe it. on the upcoming Blu-ray. Yeah, George Lucas is down with his money because it's phenomenally wealthy most of it's come from me I think Um, the funny bit where 3PO has ordered the temperature in Leia's room turned up and all her clothes is now soaked due to the ice melting I liked that in the film Um, and it's good in here she only ever has one set of clothes she does only have one set of clothes well she must have more than one set of clothes because they couldn't make action figures otherwise Can make battle damage princess. Battle damage Princess Leia. (laughs) Princess Leia in wet clothes after being in this trash compactor. Princess Leia in wet clothes after walking around on Hoff. Princess Leia in wet battle damage clothes. Wow, you should work for the marketing department (laughs) at Lucasville. You really should. Um, in the comic book the Rebels realise that Hoth has nasty natives when a tauntaun is savagely attacked by a womper um, Again, not in the movie. And Han doesn't gut his tauntaun to give Luke warmth in the comic series, which is a nice touch in the film, as it's the only time a non-Jedi uses a lightsaber and I that I can the, remember.
2: And I
0: thought they smelled it. Stay with now.
1: Bad on the, the outside! outside. <laughs> But you're just quoting Robot Chicken, which, as we've already discussed, Seth Green is wrong. It has ruined... Yeah, it. I don't no. watch it half as much as you do. I ignore it. Although, that line from Star Wars, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. You're who? Well, stay here and write, right, you stuck-up. That's quite funny. Looks like you're editing this one a lot. No, I've discovered how to bleep. Oh, okay.
2: Oh!
1: I love discovering how to bleep. It means I can swear. Yeah. As much as I want, I can just edit it out later. Okay. Although I don't swear in front of my children, obviously, that would be bad me. Oh yeah, totally. That's my vocabulary has widened from watching you play on Shut think. up! Uh, differences between the six-part adaptation and the super special are the paperback. Um, there's not that many in part one. Um, originally it appeared in Star Wars issue 39, cover dated September 1980 which means it'll come out around June, won't it? June, July, August. Because they were normally three months ahead, I think. Uh, It has a cover uh, by Al Williamson of Darth Vader stood before a Star Destroyer with his lightsaber ignited. I don't care what Michael says, I think that's a great cover. Um, It is somebody just stood around and we've dissed that kind of cover before. But, put in context, at the time, if you saw that on the stands, you'd have gone, Oh, You'd have picked it up, but I really have. Yes, right. Because I totally would have. Right. I would have just wet myself, (laughs) but no, in a good way. Um, in addition, there's a splash page that is used for the credits. Um, page in the paperback, so that actually is in here, which the other ones aren't. There are no additional pages of art though in the main story itself. Although, interestingly, in the colour though. Vader has red eyes Oh, when he does in the super special as well oh look
0: see that fifth panel though yeah page,
1: the yeah. second panel on the last page
0: yeah Darth Vader is wearing a dressing gown that has <laughs> he does <laughs> look like he's got <laughs>
1: sleeves in his dressing gown maybe they woke him up <laughs> maybe they woke him up to say well, we've received reports from a probe droid in the heart <laughs> system sir. I was asleep
0: <laughs> what do God. you have for me probe droid <laughs> beep 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 beep. <laughs> Brittany, eh,
1: you will not turn into Tweaky from Buck <laughs> <Mac laughs> Rogers. Uta buta solo, maratrampe. Handshot first. Handshot only. <laughs> Chapter 2 is called Battleground Hoth not to be confused with Battleground Earth a truly awful film starring John Travolta based upon a novel by the founder of Scientology L. Ron Hubbard just saying old mother L. I, L. I genuinely didn't get confused Did you know? <laughs> so. I thought you may have done you never know <laughs> Battleground Earth Battleground Earth John Travolta John Travolta could possibly have been in Star Wars because he auditioned for the role of Luke Skywalker okay but he got picked up for Carrie instead that's do you not know that story no the guy who directed Carrie Brian De Palma and George Lucas auditioned for both films at the same time okay so they read for both Carrie and for Star Wars so John Travolta could have been Luke Skywalker okay didn't know that did you no no and the world would have been a different place if John Travolta had been Luke Skywalker because he wouldn't have been Danny in Greece would he he'd have been doing Star Wars wouldn't he so I didn't have to sit through my brother's assembly Oh, Greece would have still happened. Aww. Just wouldn't have had John Travolta in it. May have had David Soul. He can sing and dance, can he? Uh, yes. <laughs> the rebels have managed to get the attacking Wampers under control, but are under evacuation orders. In the medical bay, Luke is having his bandages removed, <laughs> and <laughs> Leia moves in for a kiss. Is this is the fans of the opera. <laughs> Here I was very impressed by your musical reference. <laughs> Fortunately, as things would turn out, they are interrupted by C-3PO, R2-D2, and Han and Chewie, who have all come to see how Luke is doing. That
0: was gross, man. Well, you didn't.
1: Uh, they don't actually do it here. Especially what he was going to say. Uh, well, you know. It's like Ew. Well, you. I don't know how to say this, Leia, but you must know that well. You're the only one I and then he gets cut off <laughs> yeah. so that's quite fortunate in many ways given the, the, what would happen Han exposits that Leia has found a way to keep him around but she says that General Riking thinks it's too dangerous for anyone to leave fed up with Han Leia kisses Luke ew, ew. Vader meanwhile so has arrived in the Hoth system. how oh, is that gay imagine like four year old like, you kissed a
2: girl you kissed so a girl gay. girls
1: have cooties yeah. what are cooties I don't know. We've heard that so many times in so many American movies, and I have no idea what cooties are. Maybe it's something only Americans get. Possibly. Like Pepsi Free and. Pepsi Free was
2: Pepsi Free. I presume
1: Pepsi Free was Pepsi Max. Pepsi without sugar. If you're gonna get anything, you have to pay for it. Indeed, you do, Marty. Oh, you know I'm <laughs> a sucker for Back to the Future references better write this time. Yes. Admiral Ozl has alerted the rebels Ozzel. to the Empire's presence, <laughs> so Vader kills him and promotes Captain Piet and orders an attack. Piet. Why is Admiral Ozl funny? Piet and Ozl. Piet and that's the names! Piet and Ozl. What's wrong with that? It's no stupider than Tagge. General Tagge. <laughs> yeah. Don't see what's so funny about Captain Piet. Captain Pierre would return in Return of the Jedi for a film. He wouldn't be the Jedi that was returning. All right. Obviously, no. Um, Admiral Ozl. Maybe Admiral Ozl was named after Frank Ozl. Frank Ozl. Yeah. Maybe his first name was Frank. <laughs> Admiral Frank Ozl. <laughs> I don't know what Captain Piet's first name would be. The rebels are evacuating and preparing for a ground assault. While Luke readies his snow speeder, Han and Chewie make final checks on the Millennium Falcon, which is having some technical difficulties. Possibly being created by Microsoft.
0: (laughs) We are sorry, flyers, but we're going to be
1: delayed. (laughs) Blue screen of death on the Millennium Falcon. Control, delete, Chewie. Control, delete. (laughs) Reboot the system! <laughs> There's no more time, however, as Imperial walkers attack. The rebels are instantly outmatched and outnumbered and are crushed under the Empire's superior might. Luke's snow speeder is hit and he crashes right into the path of an oncoming walker. I'm
2: having
1: way too much fun. Yes. Well, the Empire's Fire great. It's a, a quality piece of work. Your Michael what,
0: is that? what are my thoughts of it? yes right oh I don't want very much for this one no you don't um, page 35 the first appearance of an Atta is pretty damn awesome which
1: one that one that is not in the special edition and we'll talk about that in a minute is it not no Ooh.
0: there's also a bit in this where it's like I can take on the whole empire myself hey I can take on the whole empire
1: itself <laughs> stop <laughs> it robot <laughs> bloody chicken Family guy, that one. Was that Family Guy? We can all go home. And <laughs> look, they have torches. That's not a laser.
0: On my page thirty-six, on the last panel of it, the um, thing has a. It's,
1: it's a, a laser beam. It's got
2: headlights. It's
1: not got headlights. The snow speeders have laser beams. Oh. What are they called in Star Wars? Plasma rifles. Yeah. No, well, it, it says blasters. blasters. Their armors are too strong for our blasters, Dad. Mm-hmm. The artwork of the AT-AT walkers is superior. Yeah. You you cannot possibly diss the artwork of the, the at-at. I
0: did say it was only poo sometimes. It's not
1: poo in any way. Sometimes? No, you're wrong. The Imperial Walkers, like these huge elephant-like attack crafts that crush anything in their past, they are pals. simply
2: awesome!
1: Um, I have a remote control walker somewhere, don't I? Yes, you do. in my room. Who's broke it? Adam. As
2: clumsy as he is stupid.
1: Uh, Luke tells Leia, that he's going to the Degabar Bar system here, and he doesn't mention it in the film, Does
2: he not? which is
1: again Luke showing how sensibly he is, telling a grown-up where he's going. Mm, Very clever. <laughs> uh, the whole Just scene. He gets is... gets lost. Just in case he gets lost on his way to Degabar <laughs> <laughs> Luke, Hello? you fallen I don't know where I am. And uh, he could phone Hannah and say, I'm trying to get to Dagobah and Han could say, Oh, you should have taken a left turn at the planet Albuquerque kid I'm on Dantooine <laughs> Dantooine which fortunately didn't get blown up because the Empire were incompetent
0: Mr. Nice Mr. Tarkin helped me out <laughs> <laughs> well Tarkin's dead now
1: do you think Stormtrooper Gary survived probably Stormtrooper Gary could be on the Imperial (laughs) Imperial Star Destroyer now Mm -hmm. he got transported out because he got shot by Han Solo (laughs) and he transported him to a proper med lab just before the Death Star blew up so Stormtrooper Gary is alive and well and on the Imperial Star Destroyer with Darth Vader that's my thinking. He could be one of the Stormtroopers who attacks the Imperial, the uh, Rebellion base.
0: So we did not die and
1: No, I'm, I'm coming at it with more and more ways but Stormtrooper Gary doesn't die. Yeah. In my head, Stormtrooper Gary is just terminally lucky. Right. And he, so even he getting shot by Han Solo. Yeah. And the first one was actually lucky for it. Like Tag and Bink. Because, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. The whole scenes of Luke being in a fight and having his face damaged was to cover actor Mark Hamill, who'd had a car accident just prior to starting to film Empire, that left his face damaged. Did you know that? No. True story, swords guard. That's it. One of the best lines in the film: "Why you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder?" And Han's come back. Who's scruffy-looking? And not in the comic. I was quite quite disgusted by that oh, yes in that way that I wasn't really that bothered really no. but it was still a best line in the film yeah. um, it is in the novel though because I yeah. checked so it's not a, a Harrison Ford ad lib wow. which quite a lot of Hans funny lines are the art excellent though it is makes an error when Vader kills Oswald <laughs> Stormtrooper Gary he could be the trooper that bumps his
2: head yeah
1: he could couldn't he that could be Stormtrooper Gary. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, would, would Jango Fett not be
2: Stormtrooper
1: Gary? They're all cloned! They're all cloned from Django Fett! No, no, no,
0: not all the Imperials are. Yeah, they are.
1: well, what, by the time of Star Wars, they've actually started conscripting people. Well, they have to, because. Piet- Alright, maybe Stormtrooper Gary's just incompetent. Piet and Nozzle aren't the same. No, no, well, I don't suppose the officers would be the same oh no. but the pawns would be yeah
0: we clone yeah, the, them the pre- mass, we mass mass produce produced prouls, prouls. Yeah. yeah
1: that's the way it is um, as I was saying the likenesses of the actors are mixed up when Vader kills Ozzel and Vader actually kills Admiral Piette. Piet That that hmm? is the actor who plays Piet whose name escapes me temporarily and that's Michael Sheard who plays Ozzel okay and so he kills the wrong one in the comic adaptation I can only assume Al Williamson messed up the photo references because Piet survives through to Return of the Jedi as we well know whoops I I did a
2: Darth (laughs) duty
1: oh stop Uh, the actor Michael Sheard who plays Ozzel Was hugely well known over here for playing Mr. Bronson, the high school teacher from Hell in Grange Hill, as well as playing numerous parts in Doctor Who. He was in the Tom Baker serial Pyramids of Mars, amongst many others. In Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, he's the guy who plays Hitler.
0: Hitler's in it.
1: Hitler is in Indiana Jones' Last Crusade, yeah. Indiana Jones gets his autograph. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. He autographs his boot for him. Which is quite funny. What makes Hitler out to be a bit of an imbecile? (laughs) You know, when you conquered most of the world,
0: perhaps you weren't an imbecile? He didn't do it himself. He just sat in a big jerk going, NINE!
1: (laughs) I think you've been watching too much YouTube. In the comic, the rebels know they're in a losing battle and are only supposed to fight long enough to let the transports with all the key personnel and equipment get clear and then get the hell out of Dodge. Oh, get the hell out of Hoth. Um, I don't remember if that's explicitly stated in the film. I think it was, because that's how I got it. Yeah. Well, it, all, it does beg the question, what happened to all the at walkers? I mean, we've not seen it yet. We will see it in issue three. Mm. But Luke and everybody else gets to a rendezvous point where all their X-Wings are waiting for them. Yeah. Now, one, how did they ditch all those at And right. two, if the Imperials had had any brains, they would have crushed all those waiting X-Wings... <laughs> Because yeah. then the Rebels couldn't have gone anywhere. They were stuck on off. Yeah. So whoever was organising the Imperial attack, which was Julian Glover, who was also okay. in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and has also been in Doctor Who a couple of times. He was Scaroff in City of Death, right. which is a brilliant Doctor because okay. it was written by Douglas Adams. Okay, You should watch that. I, My dear, right, okay. no one could be as stupid as he appears to be. Who wrote this strike <laughs> Tom Baker didn't say that about Douglas Adams. Uh, um, he's also... he's. Donovan in Indiana's Last Crusade, the guy who's looking for the Holy Grail. But the thing
0: is, though, stormtroopers can't aim a gun.
1: No, well, so that means that Django Fett was crap then, does not it?
0: Well, he bumped his head, so yeah.
1: (laughs) You think banging his head caused him to (laughs) be a crap aim? It knocked some alignment out in his neurons and mesons in his brain, and now he can't shoot a gun. Kind of lethal for a bounty hunter.
0: You know well, he didn't make it to the end of the film. No,
1: no, Mace Windu cut his head off. He got Mace Windu. <laughs> he got it? Mace Windu. Do you know Mace Windu <laughs> he
2: fell out the window? <laughs> oh, I open. reckon
0: a cycle concert would have gone better if in the arena. It's like, and you will
1: know my name is the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> or if we'd actually seen what he had written on his lightsaber. <laughs> hmm. What do you have written on his lightsaber? Bad mother. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bleep that as well. Um, Differences. This was issue 40 of the Marvel Star Wars comic. Again, it has a cover that is not in the special or the paperback of Luke standing in front of his downed speeder, lightsaber ready, as walkers advance on him. You like this cover? I do, actually, uh, yeah. I think it's a very nice cover, that one. It's a good cover. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, There's a credits page of Luke in his Hoth gear with a blaster and snow speeders flying around like annoying little wasps that, again, isn't in... (laughs) The special edition. Imagination. What did did Phil Figment sing at Disneyland?
0: Journey to imagination. Something like that, wasn't it? It was a really catchy tune.
1: I'd love to get a hold of a copy of that. Um, There is, however, in issue two, an additional page of art of a walker firing at the rebels. Which looks awesome. It is awesome. Even you cannot say that that is not awesome. It's a fantastic page. It's not in the special edition. It's not in the paperback. Although, the special edition could have included at least one of these extra pages. Because at the end of issue two, there's an advert for Bizarre Adventures issue two. Yeah. A Marvel magazine, apparently. Because it doesn't reproduce terribly well, that black and white picture, does it? No. No. That's quite crap. So they could have included an extra piece of art. Um, you're not missing anything if you've not got that page other than a brilliant piece Advancing of art. Advancing and firing! Yeah, that's all it says. So, but, you know. It does look good. It does. Chapter three is called Imperial Pursuit. Luke scrabbles to free his lightsaber from his downed speeder and rolls out of the way just in time as his speeder is rendered scrap by the foot of the walker. Luke darts under the walker, uses a grapple to lift himself up, cuts a hole in the walker's belly and with the lightsaber and deposits a small explosive charge that renders the walker inoperable. Han, meantime, grabs Princess Leia as the Imperials enter the base and whisks her off to the Millennium Falcon. 3PO tags along, much to Han's chagrin. Han blasts his way past the Imperial troops and out into space. He missed Gary. Where where, was Stormtrooper Gary in this one? He shot that Stormtrooper Gary so He's there, right? Do you think Stormtrooper Gary's the one with Darth Vader? Yeah. At the bottom panel. It's like,
0: oh, I'm sorry for missing your birthday, you can ride with me. <laughs> <laughs> I give you permission to ride
1: with me, Stormtrooper Gary. As long as I choose the tunes. As the long as this
2: <laughs> <Texas> cake. <holds. laughs>
1: I was gonna say maybe says, I did not get any birthday cake, Stormtrooper Gary. <sighs> I'm sorry, sir. Wait, my, my cake was destroyed on the Death Star, sir! I didn't get any.
0: Would it be Han Solo?
1: <laughs> no, be that damn Skywalker kid.
0: It's fine, we'll get them later. <laughs> I will buy you a new cake, Stormtrooper Gary. And we can eat it off Han Solo, frozen in... Co- Wait, no, no, I never
1: said that, it didn't happen yet.
2: <laughs> oh dear.
1: Luke sees that the Falcon has made its escape and mounts his own X-Wing alongside R2-D2 and heads to the Dagobah system. Vader tells the fleet that he wants the Falcon, and two Star Destroyers and a battalion of TIE Fighters swarm in on the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. Han manages to avoid them with some fancy flying, and tries to jump to hyperspace. But, as the Millennium Falcon is running on Windows 7, it's unfortunately crashed, and the engines don't want to play. Things go from bad to worse for the Falcon's crew as TIE fighters and Star Destroyers pour on the pressure. Han takes evasive action and turns the Falcon into an asteroid field. It's made up of shoes and potatoes. Only in the film. It's made up of asteroids in the comic book. I know. Unless. Uh, no, I can't see a shoe or a potato anywhere, there. Could be. Have you place. ever seen the shoe or the potato? Isn't the shoe in Return of the Jedi? I don't
2: know.
1: I just the, know there's a, shoe there's a potato. potato in the asteroid field. Mm. I've never seen it.
0: I'm bit it's Probably
1: really tiny. Oh, yeah. Like Serenity being in the pilot for the new Battlestar Galactica. Oh, but that's quite... Is deep that deep 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 quite dark. obvious? Yeah. Right. What about, and the Millennium Falcon being in Attack of the Claws. Or oh, Thor being in Hulk. I don't know that Thor was in Hulk. Captain America's shield's in Iron Man. And Captain America is actually in Hulk. Yeah, in the cutscene. Yeah. He just got cut out, yeah. The TIE Fighters explode after trying to follow Han's reckless tactics and the Star Destroyers elect to wait it out. The Falcon has some respite for now. Elsewhere, Luke lands rather ineptly, it has to be said, on Dagobah.
0: back is when he jumps out of the
1: attack, he'd A, die, or B, break no, a leg. No, he wouldn't. If we're taking the Star Wars saga now as a whole entity, as yeah. six movies, yeah. the Jedi can hurl themselves around with reckless abandon using the force. But you saw Yoda fight Count Dooku. He's
0: not Master of the Force and he's just jumped well, out of a The whole point
2: with Luke robot. is that
1: the force is strong with him subconsciously. Because like there was the implication that the Force helped him target... Well, it wasn't implied, because he turned off his targeting computer. Mm-hmm. That the Force helped him blow up the Death Star and hit the exhaust port.
0: And yet, in this, he can't h-
1: even hold up some stones. Well, that's later. But and in Star Wars, where he swings over the chasm with Princess Leia, the comic implies that the Force helps him do it. Yeah. So it's, it's logical to assume that the Force, in some way, lo- slows his descent so that he doesn't smash his wrists... Um, so he doesn't smash his ankles up into his brain <laughs> when he lands... That's always it's been... still unknown. That's always been my thought. Anyway, the Force was strong with him at that point. Okay. Um, it could be when he's doing his training exercise with Yoda later on, Yoda just makes him nervous. Impro- Nobody oh, yeah. likes being observed. Yeah, I always imagine Yoda's like Ofsted and he comes yeah the yeah. people who inspect yeah. teachers and you're Yoda's sat there grading him on his ability to do all this <laughs> stuff mm, that would be better if your paperwork was more up to snuff mm. and Luke's going
2: I forgot my scheme of work
0: hindsight will not help you now <laughs> <laughs> no. um, well my page 50 panel 3 looks really really cool but only because there's like the art of yeah the as the
1: Millennium Falcon's background. blasting off I've just ripped the middle page out of my special oh. edition. <laughs> oh, bugger. Well, it isn't in the best of condition anyway, is it? To be honest with you. It's not in great condition. Yeah, as the Millennium Falcon's blasting off, you can see destroyed at So the Imperial, the Empire actually did quite well, didn't yeah. they? Really. Destroying that many. You see page, uh,
0: my page 54 and on panel one. You see those two planets, look. Yes. They look like a butt. Oh. <laughs>
1: Stop it. <laughs> what do, they do? You're just wrong. Also,
0: on my. So many levels. Yeah. Also, on my page 56, panel 2, Darth Vader has her.
1: It does look like he has a bit of an afro, doesn't it? Yeah yeah well I've, I've said the scene where Vader has his helmet lowered on his head is awesome in the film awesome oh dear, um, in the comic because they obviously didn't know what it was going to look like it's all in shadow and isn't quite as cool or as scurry. he still has her though yes he does he's got he does a black like, maybe he was going to be what's his name from Family Guy Cleveland <laughs> Marlo <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> Rallo.
1: you do that so much better than it's I do it's <laughs> uh, the art in the asteroid field is excellent and Goodwin does a good job of keeping the script as pacey as the film, even without john williams 's excellent scope. yeah, but
0: it may look the asteroids may look good, but the planets don 't I mean space is pretty much black with like an orange or a yellow planet but I,
1: I think there 's a bit too many planets yeah. around to be honest with you i don 't know how galaxies work in the Star Wars movies, but well, that but one panel that of the Imperial star destroyer pursuing the Millennium Falcon there's 13 shapes that look like they could be planetary bodies now some of them could be moons obviously but Yavin was a moon as well Yeah. so it, it, maybe there's just too many see you don't see half as many of that in the film do you yeah. the implication is that they're deep into space and on their own maybe they could just stop by a planet though
2: yeah.
1: get the falcon fixed leave because if there's 13 planets there it's the Empire a while to search them all mm-hmm. presumably um, this was issue 41 of the Star Wars series. Again, neither the cover nor the splash page is in the special or the paperback. The cover is the Millennium Falcon in the asteroid field, pursued by Ties and Destroyers. The splash page has the four Falcon occupants, Han, Leia, Chewie and 3PO, with a montage of Falcon and Ties. Both are good, but in this case the splash page is better. Something about the Falcon looks a bit wonky on the cover. And that... Did you know? the Millennium Fog has headlines yes it comes in handy in the next issue it does it comes in very useful but that is for next time that is where we will draw part one of our Empire Strikes Back special edition to a close next week we'll be covering the final three issues of Marvel's adaptations of Empire Uh, we'll see you then goodbye goodbye
2: why you stuck up half-witted scruffy looking nerf herder Who's scruffy looking?